It's back for another week. The Side Angle Wrestling Show. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can hear us on Anchor, Spotify, and a boatload of other places until our subscriptions run out. Uh, <laughs> this <laughs> is the Side Angle Wrestling Podcast. We are a professional wrestling podcast. If you do not know, um, I am Ray Highclack. My co-host is all, the ever-awesome Dan Brown. Dan, how was your week, my friend? Oh, uh, it was pretty good. I mean, other than all the wrestling I watched, I uh, I was in the Upper Peninsula um, doing a show in a bowling alley. Nice. Uh, that went really good. good. How was yours? Uh, good. I uh, did a set at Make Them Laugh Mondays on uh, yesterday, actually, because we were recording on a Tuesday. Uh, and then I also went to uh, hang out with Jim Florentine at the Funny Stop uh, in Akron, um on friday so that was my whole weekend was basically just comedy and then wrestling and some ufc along with some one championship which was interesting as hell to watch um because watching that it was it was in japan and what they did was they had a hybrid show where they had muay thai with four ounce ufc gloves like the mma gloves and this girl got not like her spine severed from her brain with a with Ooh, a head Jesus. kick. It was fun to watch because she just like laid down and like just sprawled out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Ray. <laughs> oh, I do. I always enjoy violence on a nice scale. That's why I like wrestling. Uh, and also, I will say this t- tonight for the Tuesday listener or for the people who listen to this on Wednesday. Um, if you didn't watch NWA Power this week, shame on you. Go see it. I don't like Joe Galley, but besides that, that's perfectly fine. It was one of the better shows that it was a great show they did this week for uh, NWA Power. Uh, I just Midnight finished Express. watching it actually. I'm, I was very pleased with it once again. It's it's one of the nicest looking shows for a studio show I've seen since Jim Crockett promotion days. Like I've never seen such detail put in, no music, no nothing, just showing up, doing what you got to do and getting out. Plus it was also cool to see Eddie Kingston going for the NWA tag team titles uh after the uh messed up finish that they had uh this week where the um Oh, God, what are they called? The Gibsons, I think they're called. Uh, their North Carolina team um, decided to run in. If you did watch the show, congratulations. You now are a professional wrestling fan because you don't watch WWE. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, um, I didn't catch their names, but um, um, but yeah, the, the, the big guys who ran in during that uh, the tag team match. I love the heated storylines that they're doing right now. Professional wrestling needs more of that, and you need big bruisers to really make that a believable kind of you know wrestling if you will uh because you've got guys and eli drake even said it best we are the guys who come in we are the met we are the big men we want to win all that kind of stuff and they're showing that they're actually putting that kind of storyline out there as just a, an entire company wide and i couldn't have been more pleased the last two weeks have been awesome wrestling for on nwa power it, it's shit. been awesome wrestling it's been good promos uh yeah. not all of them great yeah. <laughs> by any stretch but uh when Eli uh, when Eli Drake speaks, I'm, I'm believing him. Yeah, as I, you I'm should. Believing, yeah, I, I 
I'm digging Eli Drake. I, I thought, um, um, oh God, who, uh, Damian Sandow. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Aaron something. Aaron I, Stevens. I, yes. Aaron Stevens. That's Aaron it. I'm Stevens glad he's came in. He was very too. charming. I'm excited to see him. Um, it was fun watching Colt Cabana and Mr. Anderson. Um, oh my God. I, when I heard Mr. Anderson was his tag team partner, I'm like, yay, this will be a great tag team that'll turn on each other. This will be fantastic. Because, yeah, I think Mr. Anderson could be an NWA level heel if they really work him the proper way. I also, I also got a pretty good kick out of uh, seeing Trevor Murdoch again. I haven't seen him since he left WWE. I know. I was very pleasantly. I knew he was on it because I had read the spoilers previously, but I didn't let my enthusiasm get destroyed by said you know spoilers and everything and when i saw trevor murdoch and him and um uh, sparks had a great match that was a cool match it ended a little flat but what are you gonna do with a crucifix pin like that it's a basic finish but it had meaning and both guys looked strong no matter what and trevor murdoch shaking sparks's hand afterwards just made me feel very just wasn't my night kid Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I want him to get a run with the NWA title because he would be a believable NWA champion where you look at him and you're like, yeah, that dude could definitely be a territorial champion. Like, that's that's the guy I would put the belt on because he just looks like Captain Redneck. It's awesome. Yes, he, he, he looks like Dusty Rhodes, literally. No, he actually does look like Dick. He looks like Dick Murdoch. It's really creepy to see him and Dick Murdoch side by side. And like photos, it's disturbing. And I'm a fan, dude. Like, I can't believe that they're doing all of these great guys who belong in a territory system like that, who do have the personalities to get themselves over individually on their own rather than having completely scripted promos. These gentlemen are going to, gentlemen and women, actually, I'm also speaking of Allison Kay, that they're going to be the stars of the next generation. And when they get actual, like, outside of YouTube television, that's gonna fucking explode dude it's insane. i i hope you're right man i i really hope you're right um out of curiosity um yes. nwa or aew this past week Ooh, good question good question i'm actually gonna say nwa um I'd probably agree i i'm gonna say nwa just because there wasn't there was stuff in AEW show that I really liked. And then I like you watch it again on your DVR. Cause I DVR it. I was at a comedy show on Wednesday, Uh, but it was AEW was fun. I liked it. Uh, There's some stuff that to be honest, I enjoyed more just because I knew it was more of an inside shoot. And I'm that guy that enjoys that kind of stuff. But some of the matches were a little weird and a little... I like the fact that they had Jimmy Havoc and Darby Allen wrestle. That was a great fucking... That was a great way to actually start off a show when it came to, like, a big, like, match for a, ti- for a title shot. And the fact that Darby Allen went over, I loved. I couldn't be happier for Darby. Yeah, I um, I like Darby Allen so far. I, uh, I I really didn't know too much about him. I saw him on that um that Viceland uh wrestlers thing that they were doing. Yeah. Um, and I was you know obviously pretty skeptical because I'm not a big deathmatch fan, um, mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. But um, it turns out that the he you know this kid actually has a lot of talent. Um, yeah, I, I, I like his character. I like the face paint. I like the I like his outfit. Um, I will agree with Cornette what he said this past week when he uh, he came down on the skateboard and jumped on Jericho and had a phony looking brawl. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I will agree that that part, you know, but what 
What I think I he should like have did was come down on the skateboard. The brawl. What's that? I did like the skateboard spot before the brawl. Oh, I like that too. What I thought he should have did was come down on the skateboard, jump on Jericho, punch him in the face a couple of times, and then get off really quick. Because you're not going to believe uh-huh. that a guy his size is going to be on him for that long. But you can believe that a guy his size will take down a guy who doesn't see him coming the size of Jericho. Yeah. Get a couple of good shots in, pick up the skateboard, hit one of uh, the inner circle guys, and then yeah. roll into the ring. What do you think about the inner circle? Speaking of, um, we'll see. Um, I'm I, I like that Jericho's running the faction. Um, yes. I think that that's the best uh, leader for a faction right now. Um, I like that Jake Hagar is the muscle. Um, mm-hmm. although it seemed kind of weird that he kind of backed down pretty easily this past week. Um, yeah, that was a little weird, but especially it's... with the the big uh the big push he got last week. Um, I, I, I think it's funny that the fans cheered that Jericho was making fun of them for chanting, we, the people, even though Jake Hagar went to MMA, uh, he went to Bellator and the first thing he did was the, we, the people. People. Oh, I remember, I remember watching that live as it was happening. And and you can say it was a, you can say it was a shitty creative idea, but, uh, uh, Zeb Coulter got it over. Um, and so did, so did, um, uh, uh, Jack Swagger, if we're if we're gonna remain talking about them and their their character names. Yep. Um, LAX, I like LAX. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know, never been in love with them, but always thought they were good workers. Always thought they had a pretty cool gimmick. Yeah. Um, and Sammy Guevara, I'm just not sold yet, but that's on him to sell me because I haven't watched much Sammy Guevara yet. Yeah, and that's the thing about like Sammy is I've seen him, I've seen a lot of his stuff from just watching you know the pay per views, all uh, Double or Nothing, and all that kind of stuff, and then casually looking at his stuff online. And my problem with Sammy Guevara, excuse me, is the fact that he again he's young. So there's going to be time to grab mass on top of himself, but I don't see him being a gigantic guy when it comes to body type. He's more of like a dude who's going to be comfortable at like 185 when he gets into like his mid 20s, late 20s. And to me, the guy's guy has athletic potential, but I only really see him being more of like if they introduce like a cruiserweight division, he'll be one of the kingpins of that. But he'll I don't I don't ever see him being a heavyweight champion I did, or world champion. It's just not he doesn't have, he has the look to do it, but I don't think he has the personality for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, his personality, I mean, obviously, the longer he does it, the uh, you know, the the he'll get better at it. You know what I mean? Yes. It, as long as he sticks with it and he keeps trying. Um, and I, I hope you're wrong about him. I, I hope I'm wrong about him. I, I hope that he is going to be a champion and he's going to do great things. Uh, because if he's off being a champion, doing great things, drawing money, then that means there's a superstar. Uh, yeah. But right now we're not seeing it. But mm-hmm. I think that's because right now we're not supposed to be saying it. think that uh, Sammy has the uh, ability to be something pretty good in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, just right there. Right now, he's not there yet. But, uh, you know, if he, if Chris Jericho actually takes him under his wing, that's one hell of a teacher. He's going to definitely, through Jericho, he's going to he's gonna go, as Ernie Ladd used to say, under the learning tree. And it's, it's one of those things where you hopefully all of what Jericho tells him sinks in. Same thing with Darby Allen. I'm very excited to see the Philadelphia 
uh, card with him versus Jericho and see how much Jericho gives him and how much that he just goes, all right, kid, now I'm just going to get my heat. Enjoy. And then go for go from there. Because Jericho, to me, is because he's world champion, I consider him right now more of the coach because he has so much experience in AEW, or in AEW than all of the guys in AEW's ages combined. And to, he's going to be the guy to help them get to that next level. And some people aren't going to, you know, some people aren't going to do it. Some people fall a little, a little short or fall off early like, you know, a bad apple and go from there. But it's one of those things where I like the fact that Jericho's willing to give the young guys some stuff and still realize, like, I'm going to be the champion off of TV. Like, I'm, I'm not going to drop this belt on pay-per-view. There's no way. If you, if you have Chris Jericho lose that belt on television, something's wrong. And to have Darby Allen get his first world title shot ever on national television is going to elevate this kid, and hopefully Chris Jericho will uh, coach him through the match and be like, this is where we get heat, and then bam, or come, you know, do a comeback. I want to see that out of Chris Jericho in AEW more than I actually want to see him wrestle, wrestle, because what he does is going to trickle down to everybody else on that roster. You know, I, I really hope you're right, because there are a lot of people on the AEW roster that I am a big fan of. Um and then uh, this past week, I saw something I'm not a big fan of, and that is Orange Cassidy. Yes. Um, <laughs> I uh, it's funny. I for uh, for those of you listening, there's a, a Cleveland comedian named Josh Lawhorn who yep. uh, him and I have gotten into an argument over Orange Cassidy. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> about um, what did I, old Lawhorn say? Um, just that he thinks Orange Cassidy is funny and he digs it. Um, it, it was a few months ago, so I, I really don't remember the full conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, a couple of days later on Facebook, he shared a, uh, Orange Cassidy match, um, on his, uh, on his feed. And of course I used that angry emoji, um, <laughs> to express my feeling. Um, and, and this is why, because people who are still tuning into AEW and giving it a chance, are going to watch the best friends and they're going to watch orange Cassidy. And what they're going to do is they're going to go, Hey honey, come in here and see this guy. Or they're going to call their friends and say, Hey, turn on channel 242 or whatever TNT is, you know, for your provider. Mm-hmm. And they're going to come in, they're going to point their fingers. They're going to laugh. They're not going to take it seriously. You know, he might go on YouTube and look up a couple other stupid things that orange Cassidy did. And then they're just not going to turn back into wrestling. Yeah. And, and that's, then, that's and a then you know what else they're going to do as they're looking up orange Cassidy. They're going to look up and be like, Hey, did Scott Steiner wrestle a midget? Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be that friend to go, oh, yeah, yeah, he did. I, yeah, he did. <laughs> it, was, it was at the home promotion. That's what it was in New Jersey at the Collective. Oh, uh, for a second, I thought you were talking about AIW. I was like, he, he did that at AIW? Um, yeah, he, they did. I'm, that's a shoot, sir. Wow. I, um, <laughs> I thought you meant like in Cleveland, but. No, 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 not in, not in Cleveland, in New Jersey during the Collective. Um, and I was there the night Hornswoggle. It was Black Friday of last year. Was that when Steiner canceled, or um, not Steiner? Sid Vicious? No, no, no. That was that that was a year prior. Okay. Um, that was the Rulers of the World uh, show that they did at Mount Carmel. This was actually at um this volleyball court uh complex in uh, the west side of Cleveland, and I was there when. Hornswoggle said in front of the hard cam, Scott Steiner, I'm calling you out WrestleMania weekend. 
and they had the match. Whew. Yeah, it was good. I mean, Swaggle, I like Swaggle. He's always been a nice guy to me at AIW shows, and I've done a comedy show with him. Thank you to my good buddy Steve Guy, uh, who, by the way, I need to say this for Steve Guy because I do owe him this for WrestleRager, which is go get Diaries of a Wingman wherever you get good eBooks because the motherfucker is one of the best uh, wrestling ring announcers in the business today. And I love, he's such a sweetheart of a human being. And I owe him that very much. And I was like, hey, I'll do it on this podcast because it's the fun wrestling one. But like, I watched that when I watched him call out, I'm like, oh no, they're actually going to book this. Holy shit. And they did at, at the collective. And like I said, Scott Steiner obviously won, but it was fun. It was fun to watch the actual thing on Fight TV. So it was. I like I like Swaggle, so he can't do anything wrong in my eyes because he's already made his money and now he's just doing it for the love of the game. So I respect I respect Swaggle so have, much. For have that. you watched his U shoot, uh, his kayfabe commentaries? Uh, Bits U-shoot. and pieces. Bits oh, and pieces. Th- yeah. His um, who's a dick is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, him talking about bullying uh, Brodus Clay and uh, the Great Khali is amazing. That's awesome. Uh, him talking about why him and CM Punk are no longer friends is amazing. Oh. And uh, there was a there was a couple really good questions. One person asked, "Is like um, when you go to um, wrestling conventions, do people often confuse you for Taz?" Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, there was one um, that uh, did Vince McMahon ever consider giving you the Repo Man for all the money that you stole for that company over the years? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's cruel. Oh, it was, but he got a great laugh out of it. He took it like a real good. Trip. That's what I like. I like Hornswoggle a lot. He's always willing to make fun of himself, and I I appreciate a guy like that, especially being a comedian. You need that shit in your life, man. And, and as much as I don't like some of the goofy wrestling stuff, his WLC match with El Torito from what was that, two thousand fourteen? I want to say yeah, two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. Yeah, yeah, I think it was two thousand thirteen. Phenomenal. If you guys haven't watched it, go on the WWE Network, uh, go on YouTube. I know it's on there. Check out that match because it is some of the most fun you'll have being a wrestling fan. Who's your favorite midget wrestler of all time? Um, I think it's got to be Hornswoggle. Okay. I, I, right. I really do. I, I, hmm. I remember when they had the juniors division on SmackDown for that hot minute. Um, yeah. That, that really did not last long. Um, no. Well, they... <laughs> It was short. I mean, yeah. come on. Ah, hey, oh, um, uh, who else was there? Um, I like the uh, I like the midget Kurt Angle that yeah. uh, Kurt Angle used when he dressed up as John Cena. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I totally forgot about that. That's hilarious. Yeah, I forgot that he dressed up like Cena and had a midget come out. And the oh midget Booker T with the rock. I see mine were always like the midgets they had in the like late WW late nineties. Um like mi- like uh, mini Vader, um uh what was the one with the white mask and like all white uh oh, can't remember what the je- what the gentleman's name was, but um I, I like that whole ninety and I also CMLL with the guy with the monkey with the like that gets drop kicked off of off of the apron into the guys. I love that guy so much. Um it, it, those are like the, the early nineties midgets were probably some of the better ones outside of like, you know, Cowboy Lang or you know, the uh, the like midgets from the, the territory days. And I feel like that shit besides Mike 
micro wrestling. I think that should make a comeback on television. All right. I'm going to interrupt you here. All right. Because it was just announced mm-hmm. uh, as of an hour ago. The mm-hmm. blockbuster trade. Oh, Raw no. will get future draft picks. SmackDown gets Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, <laughs> it is 954 and the WWE still sucks. Uh, and, and I, I just I, I found that online here. I was looking up something uh, trying trying to find and I, I stumbled across this thanks to the uh, the 434 um, because I think. Um, yeah, I think it's on FS1 right now. Um, yes, that is the trade. Raw gets future draft picks. Uh, SmackDown gets Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I don't know when they plan on doing another draft. I imagine it's got to be a year from now. Uh, but that is the big blockbuster trade they were talking about. And by blockbuster, I think they mean the video store because that was a very dead announcement. Oh, it's more Hollywood video. It's not a blockbuster quality thing. This is more Hollywood video or even family video. This. Oh my God! This but that was is a, so that was a ridiculous. stupid thing. Like Raw wasted two picks technically. Then yeah, yeah, because and they were a tag team. They, I think they drafted Alexa first, and then later they drafted Nikki. Well, it was like you yes. could have just took the both of them. Oh uh, uh, no sense. Well, I mean, look at how look at how the draft has been completely dealt with the entire like for the whole week. There's been so many weird and I honestly thought it was going to be the fiend that gets traded to Monday Night Raw so they can continue the feud with um uh Seth, Seth Rollins Brown. which I'm glad the fact that they've broken them up because whoever becomes and I'm going to say this if Kane Velasquez wins the WWE championship I want to see the fiend versus Kane Velasquez and I'll tell you why it's because of the fact that, yeah, Cain Velasquez is a real fighter, but there's paranormal activity going on in the WWE. And Kane, it would it would make it would make a little bit more sense than him going up against Brock because I don't think Brock would ever Brock would look at him and be like, "Fuck your mask. This is this is stupid. I'm not I'm not losing to this guy." Kane, at least you could make a thing of he brutalized Kane Velasquez with uh, mandible claw and all that kind of stuff and made him pass out rather than Brock like giving him 18 F5s and him laughing and then calling for the bell. So that I man, you know, what a waste. I had waste. a conversation with a friend this week. Has Brock refused a job to somebody before? Maybe. That's not I really I've his, never heard I don't really think that's of that, his MO. He, he's more of a, you know, okay, show me the money, I'll show up and I'll I'll do what you want. You have a good point there. I don't know. I don't think there. I don't know if he's had any time where he's refused to like job himself out or you know do one of those kind of things where it's it, you, I'm not gonna do you know like you said last week that ain't working for me, brother. Like it's it, there's none of that with Brock, and that's what I kind of like him every time he comes around. He's willing to do business with the right people. He just needs the money to be there. Yeah, he um. He definitely has shown that he's uh he's willing to to have the match. I mean, whether or not the match lasts five minutes or the last match the match lasts twenty minutes, uh, you know, Brock does show up and the money is the money is right. Yeah, and that's what I like about him is the fact that he's he, you have to pay him, but at the same time, all right, I'll come here if you pay me a couple of mil and I'm out. You know, I want to ask you a question since we're on WWE. What'd you think of uh, the Artful Dodger uh, replacing uh, Easy E? 
So I am in a uh, text chat with uh, with three other friends who are wrestling fans, and okay. we often, uh, out of the four of us, I'm the one who tends to disagree the most because they're a bunch of marks. Yeah, uh, which means I love to I love to troll them. Uh, they they Attaboy. believe everything Meltzer says. Um, so, and the, the longer this podcast goes on, you guys will learn about my hatred for Dave Meltzer. So the fact that uh, Bruce Pritchard hates Dave Meltzer was a big uh, a big factor into me enjoying him ah. uh, to start off. I told them that I think today is quite possibly the greatest day in wrestling history. Okay, explain to me, my friend, why that is. Because Bruce Pritchard is in charge of uh, of Friday Night SmackDown. You yeah. do not get better than that. Cousin Brucey, I can see really getting himself in there, and you know, yeah, not to quote one of his characters, but well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, it's one of the I like his booking philosophy because I've watched a lot of shoot interviews with him, um, and a lot of the stuff that he talks about on booking and stuff like that, I'm a fan of. And I think, you know, unless you obviously there's going to be those marks and those people who are just like, well, he's just sucking Vincent Mann's dick. No, he's there for a reason because he does have good ideas and he grew up around fucking Paul Bosch of all people. I mean, if you want to talk about learning trees, I would want to have a booker who was booking in Houston, Texas during the glory years of Houston wrestling. And that's why I actually, when I saw this, I was glad that instead of I'm back for Easy E, it was he's gone. Because honestly, what's he going to do? Eric Bischoff's not a very creative guy. He's a business guy. And he's not he's not been in the wrestling business outside of the AWA, WCW, and WWE. And even then, he's more of a character. He's not a booker. I don't yeah, want to see. He was just a character in WWE. He wasn't anything. Uh, he wasn't well, making he, real decisions. Even in even in WCW, to a certain extent, he wasn't. Re- I mean, they had a committee. He was just running the organization and being the NWO figurehead on television. If you look back on his old on his resume. Most of his stuff is nowhere near creative. And if it was near creative, obviously, bro, we know what happened in the early two or the late 90s, early 2000s, bro, when you work with guys like bro. And it's uh, I, I, I don't I'm glad that they actually got a guy who grew up in the business, was raised in the proper way. And knows the business very well to get Friday Night Smackdown's ratings back up because they dropped 25%. And that's understandable because of the fact that, one, I want to I get your opinion on something on Friday Night Smackdown that I found weird, including our boy, um, who we just talked about, Cain Velasquez. But I think Bruce can really, uh, no pun intended, spruce up everything get everybody on a logical front and if you can't do that well you know let's just go to a different place like it's just what are you gonna do but i think bruce is gonna help bring everything up yeah i think um i i definitely agree with you there um as you said it, you know he comes from the old houston um mindset with paul bosch um, I, I think this is only going to be an improvement. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I was actually quite disappointed to hear that it wasn't going to work out with Eric Bischoff. I was kind of cheering for that to happen, but, um, you know, it's, I, it doesn't seem like Eric Bischoff is too upset about it. it I think he no. came out and made a statement saying that he uh, congratulated Bruce and he's enjoyed, mm-hmm. he enjoyed his time that was there, but it's now time to move on and things like that. 
Um, we'll see in the the later weeks um, how he keeps talking about it, whether or not it, it really was, you know, a, um, a, a nice split. Um, you know, I don't see it being anything that bad. But no. going back to Bruce here, I'm, I'm excited to see what he has in plan, uh, what he has planned for SmackDown. Um, everyone says Vince McMahon's been off his rocker since the 80s. Uh, but when it comes to promoting, there's nobody better. Yeah, um, I agree with you on that. Vince the is greatest a great promoter promote. in wrestling history. Well, or not, yeah. And, and he would say, God damn it, it's sports entertainment. But he, it is professional wrestling to its core. Um, he is the most successful um, professional wrestling booker. Uh, I think good things are going to come with Bruce. God damn, pal. You're right. I made a great choice. Yes. <laughs> did you ever, um, speaking of going back to bro, did you watch the uh, the Goldberg Chronicle on the network? I did not. I'm actually planning on doing that this weekend because I've got really nothing going on except for a show on Saturday that I'll plug at the end of the show. But I do want to watch that because I watch. Okay. You can um, just fast forward to like the 24 minute mark. It's like 30 okay. minutes long because that's where he had his run in with Matt Riddle at SummerSlam. Oh, no. <laughs> and it and they was filmed it. Beautiful. Yes, it, of course. They got the, oh. they got the cameras rolling the whole time. That's awesome. Yeah, I, man. You know who I actually take in that, to be honest? It's Riddle. And uh, it's not on the size or power. It's the it's the actual like ground game that Riddle has. Because even in his MMA career, he was pretty good on the ground. Good striker. But I would take Riddle on that one just because Goldberg. Yeah, he can like you know do the the wrestle fucking if you will. But I think Riddle would be able to take his back easily. And why? When I found out that they had a confrontation, I'm like, please don't have this be a thing please because i just it would one it'll bury riddle because it's like obviously it's just meat thrown to goldberg because of the size differential but ah, and also riddle just needs to like he needs to be quiet bro (laughs) it was uh it was pretty phenomenal though because uh you know what happens is uh i think because Riddle talked about it, and because um, uh, like the, they do the thing now where you got some of the NXT stars, a legend, and one of like the current stars, like watching the pay per view and get, having mm-hmm. the reaction while it goes on. Yeah. Um. So he was part of that uh, panel thing going on. Yeah. And he was giving his side of the story. He was like, "Oh, I I knew it was Goldberg's locker room, so I was like peeking around the corner to see if I could see him in. And the next thing I know, I just feel this three hundred pound shoulder thrust into me, and it Ooh. was beautiful." He goes, uh, oh hey bro and he goes uh and goldberg's like yeah bro it's nice to meet you yeah bro it's really nice to meet you he goes we uh, need to talk anytime bro he's like i'm not your bro okay bro and then goldberg was like yeah i like your shoes uh, <laughs> I, i'm gonna have to watch that man because that i i like you know i like the everybody nowadays we're looking for shoots we're not looking for you know works anymore and that's the thing that i liked about the matt riddle versus goldberg thing is you could tell matt was just like fuck this dude like why 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 am i gonna over goldberg when i'm a brand new up-and-coming star i can understand that and also i can understand goldberg's thing of being i'm the established one bro and i'm not gonna like mess with you but we do need to speak to each other on this like human beings yeah it was um it was definitely interesting plus the the other reason too why i don't think goldberg spoke up right away other than the fact he had a concussion yeah was the fact that even on goldberg's best day 
if it came to a shoot fight, Riddle would kick the shit out of him. Yeah. Even oh, yeah. on his best day. Yeah. Even at 28 years old, Goldberg in the best shape of his life would have got the shit kicked out of him by Matt Riddle right would, now. Let alone it would have looked like young. Tank Abbott versus Scott or Scott Steiner versus Tank Abbott. Oh, God. And, and Goldberg being, and no offense to you, Mr. Goldberg, if you ever listen to this, but it, 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 no, I'm sorry, man. Like, Matt Riddle is a classically trained mixed martial artist with a legitimate background. I it, it, Tank Abbott was a pit fighter. There's a difference between yeah, Tank Abbott was a circus act. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the early days of UFC. Nobody was truly trained in everything like they are now. Matt Riddle, on the other hand, is just a psychopath. And I've met the dude. He's awesome. But, like, I would never want to piss that guy off, ever. Because I'm just oh, like, no. mm, I can get a nice head kick to the, or a nice uh, shin to the uh, forehead and I'm done. It's over. Have a good night, Johnny. I'm done. Sweet. See you later, pal. And, yeah, and he's a, oh, no, continue. Uh, I was gonna, just going to say, yeah, he's for real, man. You don't want, you don't oh, want to yeah. fuck with Riddle. Oh, no, bro. Uh, sorry, my New York accent's coming out. Uh, <laughs> bro, you've got a white belt, bro. I guarantee you I can make you champion in three days, bro. I can make you champion in three days. You got a white belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Go fuck yourself, Vince Russo. Uh, I hate- <laughs> he blocked me for no good reason. And I still oh, he blocked day- me. Yeah, I'm proud that he blocked me. Go fuck yourself. And also, I lived in Colorado for a little while. So I was one of the Cult of Cornet members. Ha ha ha. What up, bitch? Uh, I hate Vince Russo so much. I was blocked by Vince Russo and Josh Matthews at the same time. I said I hope that uh, something along the lines that the two of them never work together because that would be some awful writing and some awful commentating. Oh uh, yeah. And one swift swoop, I got blocked <sighs> by both of them. Uh, well, I was blocked by Ryback for a hot minute, and for whatever reason, he unblocked me. Hmm. Maybe he was like, ah, it's some comedian. I think he was going through like a massive, like, all right, I'll unblock a bunch of people. And I just so happened to be one of them. Um, and since we're on the topic of WWE, they just announced for Crown Jewel, um, a, and they took off Seth Rollins for the Team Hogan thing. Um, to have this no or a false count anywhere match with the Fiend. Why? <laughs> Why do this at the Crown Jewel? I understand it's an Elseworlds to quote comic books. It's sort of an Elseworlds kind of like uh, story area where nothing really counts, but at the same time they still kind of talk about it. But falls count fucking anywhere. Why? You know, th- this kind of makes me miss the day when there were only Australian pay-per-views and only English pay-per-views that we didn't yes. get to see. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I love the network. And I think that, like, I think they could do more special events. Like, uh, they could actually make Starcade something special. Yes. Um, and make it an hour-long show like they did. But you're going to need something to happen on Starcade for, you know, you can't just cry wolf the last two years like they did and say, yeah, no. oh, it's Starcade. And then do- literally nothing happens or uh, Smackville, you know, or, or definitely with Crown Jewel because they've they've gotten so much flack about going over to Saudi Arabia because everyone's saying yep. they're taking blood money. But let's be honest, if you cared that much, nobody would be driving their car uh, yeah. because of all the oil and whatnot. Agreed. 
Um, and UFC wouldn't be going there either if you cared that because uh, I watched that the Saudi Arabia card from last month. Um, and even then I was like, ah, why doesn't you, WWE got shit for it? But why doesn't the UFC? That was one thing I didn't get where it's like, if you're going to hate WWE for it, hate the UFC who goes over there. Not that often, but pretty often, like every couple years they go and they build an arena for each fucking show. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And the fact that this this is going to be another and it's on Halloween on a Thursday. That's something I don't understand. And I I know they're trying to possibly get on the rewatches, but it's a Thursday on Halloween. Nobody's going to fucking even replay it until, you know, November 1st. This is it, it, it's it. I don't get it. I, I like weekend shows more than I do. You know, even if it's a Saturday or a Friday, I'll still it, at least it's the end of the week and not middle of the call, middle of the week. You know that. You know what I'm saying? This is. And yeah, yeah you, I know what you're saying. Great, you know, shows or great matches on this card. But at the same time, man, it's still not it, a Thursday at 1 p.m. OK. I see where you're going, but it, I, I just I don't like the, a lot of this card. To be honest with you, this card's well. A that's little the bit thing wacky. is that I I think because they took so much flack is that they're they're trying to make these cards as uneventful. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if this was a house show, yeah, like that just came to Cleveland, mm-hmm. we would we would go to the show and be like, that was one of the best shows we ever got a chance to go to, even though yeah. you kind of know what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's a, they're actually airing this and promoting this live. Is, yeah. It's, it, it really doesn't make that much sense. And they're, they're trying to make it sound like, you know, Oh, you know, the, a title can actually change when we know that the the reality is they're probably not going to ever change a title at a, at a Saudi Arabia show, especially not now. No. And my whole thing with it too, is with the signing of Cain Velasquez, this is, this show, obviously, the world title is not going to change hands with Cain Velasquez at this moment. And if it does, whoa, what, well, what did fair, you just I, do? I will say this. Um, and really, the only reason they did it is because Roman Reigns had leukemia. Uh, yeah. So they had to change the title match there to an actual title match. Um, and I, I read that the reason they, they put it on Brock instead of Braun was because they didn't want Braun Strowman to have his first title victory in a in Saudi Arabia at an event that they could really no longer plug. Yeah, I or, or really go back and say, look, look how great this was. I can understand that logic, but at the same time, when you've got like this supposedly, and they're trying to make this like all WrestleMania. I mean, they even promote it like that, where it's like, this is one of the biggest shows of the year. Well, then why are you, again, why the time, why the day? I understand it's a holiday, but at the same time, you can put it on, tape it, tape it, don't do it live. Tape it and then put it on the network on a Friday or a Saturday when it's live at 1 p.m. It's going to take away from a lot of people and people are going to be like, "Eh, should I really watch this? And obviously, that's why they have the Tyson Fury and Braun or uh, Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman match um, and the Cain Velasquez matches to get people to be like, "Ah, let's see what happened. But when you do it like because I think this should be that should have been mania. This they're they're blowing their load too quick on this on these uh, matches because Tyson Fury should be a, a WrestleMania match only, and then follow that up with 
um, uh, Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar for the for the WWE title and have whoever won the Royal Rumble face whoever the Universal Champion is in you know the third to last main event of the of the night. And I just feel like they're really just popping a balloon quickly and just trying for a money grab here. That's all this really is for ad revenue and all that. And I get it, but come on, man. Why why would you do it? it well, it just it just goes to show that when the uh the the royal Saudi family there, you know, mm-hmm. when they want to have big superstars that they're going to go to no expense to make sure they get the show they want. Oh, fuck yeah. And also the fun part is, too, um, a month prior to that, you've also, or a month after um, uh, Crown Jewel, you will have in December, for and this goes with Tyson Fury, you're going to have Ruiz versus um, Joshua 2 for the unified belts. So he can basically just go home to England and fly back a month later to Saudi Arabia to watch that fight happen because that's where it's going to take place. And I get that he's also trying to maybe promote the January card if Wilder gets past uh, Ortiz. But at the same time, you're still this should have been uh, this was too, you know, this was too, as you know, I've, I've had this experience in my life. It's too premature and too quick for WWE to really do that. And I understand the money thing, but come on, man, this isn't something you want to mess around with, especially with a name like Tyson Fury. Cause I don't see this one going past, you know, a disqualification. Nobody's going to lose in this match at all. And if they do, there's a problem. Because you got Braun Strowman who needs to remain strong. And Tyson Fury is the world heavyweight champion boxer or the lineal heavyweight champion boxer who is undefeated. You, you're you kind of booking yourself into a corner, in my opinion, no? Yeah, and it, it's not like when, uh, when Big Show wrestled Floyd Mayweather at WrestleMania 25. 20- Four, I believe that was twenty four. Yes. Yeah, that was the year that Flair retired. Yeah, yes. that was Florida. That it's not quite like that because there was such a huge size differential between mm-hmm. the two, and because Floyd Mayweather had his whole posse with him, yep. that you know you knew that there's going to be all these shenanigans. But it made Big Show still look strong because he just kicked the shit out of all, yeah. <laughs> all those dozen guys. Um, there was a there was the one guy that I remember he grabbed and just beat the shit out of um, <laughs> at the no way at, the, at no way out when uh, when uh, uh, Mayweather broke his nose because yeah, he told him yeah, like yeah. You know, make I sure you run that. away because if I grab you I'm gonna kill you and oh yeah so he hopped the barricade but his his one buddy didn't hop fast enough or something and he, he just grabbed him and just punched him in the head or something oh yeah he Big Show took a liber- took a liberty that night but sometimes you got to be like it's gonna look good. You got to yeah. keep it. My thing, and then, like, and my thing with the the Cain Velasquez-Brock Lesnar story is I honestly think that's going to be another no, con- it's going to be a no contest. What do you think? Um, hmm, because I have been thinking about it a little bit because I'm trying to think of, you know, what they're going to do, but essentially it did come down to a no contest yeah. so far. I mean, I, I see, like, a referee stoppage, um, which yeah, I mean, I don't at this see point, anybody... we're just going to be numb to. Yeah, I don't or think I just see them brawling everywhere and establishing the fact that they still don't like each other. And that's the referee is going to be like, all right, we're done. I, I Nope, throw this bitch out. We're done. Throw the baby out with the water. Let's go. I'm out. Have a good day. And the, the thing that I don't like about it, is, about the no contest, is, yeah, it sets up for something more deep into the future. 
but also it's Cain Velasquez's first match in the WWE. Yeah, and I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I'm just I'm over the no the no contest. Yeah. I'm over the no decision. It's it's annoying. It bothers me. I, I'm I'm just tired of it. We, we are a no contest has numbed the fans the way that a chair shot to the head did all those years. Oh yeah, this is the no contest has become sort of the new dusty finish for the WWE. In my opinion, I think it's one of those things where you know you get it's it's the referee bump. We all know it's going to come because these two guys can't beat each other. They just you need to keep both of those guys strong, especially Kane because he's brand new. He's coming off of a, a okay run in AAA. I mean, sixty people watched that AAA pay per view from the Hulu Theater. So, yeah, my uh, my buddy was upset to hear that Cain uh, Velasquez wasn't going to be doing his luchador style, that he's going to have to be a brawler style. Yeah. And I was like, nobody put a gun to his head and said, you had to sign a contract with WWE. If yeah. it really that meant that much to him, he would have said no. Yeah. Kane's, Kane just wants to be in the Talking WWE. Talking to you, Zelina. I know you're out there listening. Selena uh, Vega? Uh, no, no. From MLW? <laughs> no, no. My buddy's last name is Zelina. Uh, oh, I thought you said Selena. I'm like, oh, no, that's Selena De La Renta I'm thinking of, uh, who is just hot, by the way. I like that girl a lot. Um, sorry, I, I thought you said Selena for a second. I used to live in Houston, so that was, like, um, beaten into my head a lot was that name, uh, even when she died. Uh, so, <laughs> um, hey, sometimes fans get rowdy. It happens. Uh, <laughs> We've seen an ECW show. Well, all of our all of our Mexican fan, all of our Hispanic listeners just turned their phones off after I just insulted the great Selena. Uh, I love her. I want you. I'm going to be honest. That. I don't think we have a strong Hispanic base yet. Not yet, but God so damn they, it, you have happen. really screwed us. I know, but hey, I again, Selena was one of my favorite. Uh, Selena was one of my favorite artists when I was a kid, uh, and then I like her namesake, Catwoman. So we're all fine on that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, like I look at crown jewel as sort of not, not the crown jewel of WWE's pay-per-view events this year. So, uh, cause I mean, what are they going to do with team Hogan versus team flair now that Seth is gone? Like what, what are you going to, who are you going to put? What's a logical guy? Braun Strong I think Ricochet or... is on team Hogan. Um, but I, right now I think it's just Ricochet and Rusev. Uh, yes, and then it's uh, Randy Orton, King Corbin, um, the ultimate bull cu- uh, of the cuckold relationships, Bobby Lashley, and then Shinsuke Nakamura. Yay! All right, Shinsuke. Yes, and then they got one more guy that they're going to add for that show, apparently, and now they're mis- now Team Hogan. Is it weird that um, it's kind of still gone in the way uh, of pop culture that technically Ric Flair ha- is has a stronger team than Hulk Hogan right now? <laughs> it's it's weird because it's almost like Hulk Hogan's popularity. He only has two people that really still remember him outside of the racism angle and everybody is wooing. It's great. I love it because as a territory fan, I'm actually rooting for Ric Flair's team in this all heel all day. Like, I mean, I will be rooting for Hulk Hogan's team. Well, guess what, brother? I'm going to make sure that that does work for me. And then I'm going to woo in your face next after Crown Jewel. I got to say, I love that segment with uh, with Hogan and Flair on Miz TV. I love any segment with Flair anymore because Flair just comes out and does whatever he wants. Yeah, and, and that's he, why I just, like Rick. 
Oh, and, and well, Hogan was like, you know, I'm in the ring here with one of my best friends and the greatest wrestler of all time. And then they call her the flair. Let me tell you something, Hogan. You need to know who the greatest of all time is. It's like, did you it's just like he barely listen? pays attention on promos anymore? <laughs> it's like those years of kamikazes have finally caught up to him, you know? <laughs> you know, it was funny when I um I was working a Kazi's comedy club earlier in the summer and mm-hmm. uh, me and the headliner and uh, the MC and the um, one of like the local guys were just hanging out before the show. And we had like a 30 minute discussion on Ric Flair and just oh. what an incredible human being he is. And I don't mean from his act of kindness. I mean, from mm-hmm. his wrestling and the stories that people have about him and the life that he's lived. Yeah. Oh, dude, I can tell. I'll tell this story on the podcast if you don't mind. My parents had dinner with him. Really? Yeah, my parents had dinner with Ric Flair. The story never changed, so at least I know it's somewhat true. Um, which was they were at a uh, health convention in the early, or like late '80s, at the Cle- the old Cleveland Convention Center before the renovations and all that, where Crockett did their stuff, and Rick was a pr- uh, keynote speaker. And my mom peeks around a curtain and looks at my dad, who shares the same name as me. And, he goes, and she goes, Ray, is that Ric Flair right over there? Rick sees them, waves them over, and they talk for like 15, 20 minutes. And before, his spe- before he goes out and does his keynote speech about health and fitness and all that kind of stuff. And then and right before the speech, Rick goes, you guys want to have dinner after, the, after this? And my parents got to go to dinner with Ric Flair. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. It's sweet. I love it because it's it, the fact that I'm that close to history because the fact my parents were there is just amazing to me that they met Ric Flair and got to hang out with them and do like shots and uh, do all kind of, you know, and he paid for the dinner, obviously, because uh, <laughs> that's Ric Flair. But like to have that story in my family is just fucking dope, man. Because I'm I'm a I love Ric Flair. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And to know my parents got to actually hang out with him, and I've never seen him wrestle live ever. I only got oh, to see him awesome. one time. I only it's got awesome. to see him. Uh, I I wish I always got to see it on pay per view though. So, so I'm just gonna ask the obvious question here. Yes. Did Rick get your dad drunk so he passed out and fucked your mom? No. Um, my dad was, my dad, I love my father. Uh, he's passed away now, but, uh, uh, my dad could, my dad could, as they say, put them away. Uh, <laughs> cause he was six, six. So he was a big boy and he was, it was more like boss beer all the time with, with my father because of the fact that he was so big. I could watch, I watched him do, I think seven He's dead now, so the statute of limitations over on this. Um, I watched him drink one time at uh, Quaker Steak, like eight tall Quaker Steak glasses. Really? Yeah, he could put that. He had a hollow leg or something, man. The guy and he could drive afterwards. Like, wow. Yeah, never felt uncomfortable. Would stay in between the lines, do everything that you're supposed to be doing, and then go to work the next day. He was he was a he was a functioning alcoholic. And sometimes, depending on his mood, really mean or the greatest father you could ever ask for while he's drunk. I don't know how it happened, but I wound up looking out on that whole thing with as a kid. So, I mean, he could be a, he could be a prick. But at the same time, man, 
I love my dad and the fact that he got to go, you know, drink shots and do all that with Ric Flair and drive home back to Independence at the time where he was living. I I respect my father for the amount of Viking like alcohol he could actually consume. It was insane. So and he showed me that as a kid as well. For any of you kids who I'm going to say this, any kid listening to this. Who your dad's an a-hole and he's an alcoholic, screw that guy. But if your dad's a cool alcoholic, make sure you get on his good side at all times. Make sure. Make him laugh. Make him do something. You know, have a good conversation with him because they're willing to talk to you. Because when they're, you know, that kind of thing. And my dad wasn't a prick, which was nice. He could be one, but he was, it was probably a... 60 40 split 60 nice 40 sometimes he was shitty so i i respect my father and he's the one that got me into pro wrestling so i always thank him for the love that i have of this sport because oh, of the sure. fact that he was so into it as a fan he witnessed riots at the at the convention center mm-hmm. so like i heard riot stories at like seven years old of like guys getting hung by chains and stuff from uh, during a riot because the guy was pissed off at his son-in-law or something like that. It's crazy. The guy, the guy was, you know, that kind of thing. For any kid out there who your dad's an a-hole, f that guy. But if you've got a cool dad who drinks, make sure, make sure not to piss him off. It's my only fucking thing to you is make sure you make that motherfucker laugh and you make him, you know, actually happy rather than being like you shouldn't drink, dad. Cause he'll 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 thank you and you'll you'll thank him in the long run because yeah you may not drink but you know you get good times a lot of the time so it was I liked it and it was fun man because like I said my dad and with Ric Flair especially the fact that he got to drink with Ric Flair I'll respect him as an alcoholic myself for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, rest in peace to your father. Absolutely, Dad. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for at least letting me live. I appreciate it. Because uh, <laughs> he used to do the old Cosby thing. Well, I shouldn't say that, but it's the I can bring you into this world and I can take you out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shouldn't boy. have said that. We're gonna keep that in there, folks. I don't care. <laughs> All right, man. All right. So um, you and I talked earlier today about something. Yes. About something fun because. Yes. We watched a, um, I don't want to say a disaster of a draft, these last two episodes of WWE, uh, SmackDown and Raw. (sighs) But it was kind of confusing. So apparently only a select number of wrestlers were available for the draft on Friday Night SmackDown. Yes. And then those who weren't selected were be able, you were able to sign them as a free agent. Yes. And then a different pool of wrestlers were then made available for Monday night. And then again, whoever wasn't drafted at that point, you can then pick as a a free agent. Yep. Okay. My question is, after SmackDown, why would anybody have signed anybody? Wait Mm -hmm. till Monday. Get more of the big people that you do want. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because if we're treating it like a sport, treat it where, you know, we got to make sure we got the the salary cap for our, you know, everyone here. That should have been established, too, by the way. I think a salary cap or like a a value cap could have been a way to really give a little bit more realism on top of that, by the way. Yeah, I mean, they could have done a lot more. I appreciate what they did, kind of. Um I still think that the draft would have been better if it just each show picks one person at a time. 
yeah. enough of this bullshit where okay, Raw is three hours, so they get an extra pick. That makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. Agreed. Um, because it's 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 one hour. Okay, you don't need an extra thirty people for one hour. Yeah, theoretically. No. Um, so what we talked about if we had a uh, Ray is War and um, Danomite. Yeah, yes, it's it's Tuesday night, Danomite, baby. It's there, baby. So if I, each one of us had twelve picks mm-hmm. during these picks, um, we must pick two women. Yes. So ten men, two women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry, did I say two tag teams as well? Two tag teams as well, which I did. Okay. And then you are allowed, I forgot how many people I said from NXT. Two. Two, you, okay. uh, two now, people, and I made those choices very easily, by the way. And you don't necessarily have to take them. Yeah. Okay. So, if we're going to do this, because mm-hmm. I have my draft board, and I have, let's take a look here. I have, because, you know, a tag teams will count them as one unit. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, and for, 29 and, units. And also for our listeners, I will post our picks um, on the newly um, minted Instagram po- uh, profile that I'm going to be putting up tomorrow afternoon when I wake up from editing this episode of our picks. So you'll get to see what who we drafted as well. So I want you guys to know when you watch this, you can actually look and list or at the list of the guys and girls that we chose for these for these picks as well. So I want you guys to okay. go to sideanglepod dot or sideanglepod is what we're gonna be on um, Instagram. So um, you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, you know what? I will go first. Absolutely. So for my first pick. And again, we're we're treating this as if there's no champions right now. We'll determine yes. champions later as well. Yes. My first pick, going with Roman Reigns. Okay. Okay. Um, who's your second pick? Uh, oh no, f- why Roman Reigns first? I want to know that because I'm actually I'm going to explain why my first pick is who he is. Because I am looking to establish who is going to be, uh, my number one babyface. Okay. Who is going to be the person that I can put on the poster when you come to town? Who is the yep. going to be? Who's going to be the guy who goes on the, um, um, in the main event? Who's going to be the guy drawing the money? Who's going to be the guy moving the rating stick? Um, who is the person that the casual fan is going to want to see more of? Which is the big reason why Raymond, Roman Reigns was pushed for so long is because the casual fan, uh, really dug him and the uh, the sponsors dug him. Um, so that is why he's my number one pick. And before we go any further, we also made a rule that John Cena and the undertaker are not considered are completely for the off the board. Yep. They are off the board. Um, my first pick, uh, because I like heels, uh, and honestly it's the name I can really, you know, I can say, Hey, this will get eyes on my product. Uh, I went for the obvious pick number one, overall, Mr. Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman. Okay. I had, um, I had Brock a little bit lower on my board. I did think about him at, at number one or number two for a little bit, but yes, I can understand that. The reason I would have him is one, it's a name, uh, that both MMA fans and also professional wrestling fans and casual fans from 2000 and, you know, five early two thousands can get behind. 
am I would I put the belt on him immediately? No, because honestly, I would keep him as a special event and have Paul Heyman be his voice like they're doing, but he would rarely show up on sma- on on my show because of one reason. All you need is Paul. It's like it's like the Beatles. All you need is Paul. And when you get to that angle, when you get to that point where he can be the champion and take over, that's when I would want to really start building the guys that I'm about to draft to possibly take him down. So that's what I wanted to start with somebody who's already at the top, somebody who's already got what he has and go from there. So that's who's good. Your- my number two is actually going to be who I want as my top heel. And I am picking Drew McIntyre. Okay, I actually had him lower. Believe it or not, on my on my draft board, I had him lower on there. I had him about three spots lower. Um, I had uh, I had a mix between him and two other guys that who would be my number uh, my my number one heel. Um, I'm not going to let let you know who they are quite yet. Uh, I'm obviously. sure you can probably imagine soon. Um, but yeah, I had Drew McIntyre again. He's going to be one of those guys that uh, turns head at airports. Um, looks great, superstar. Um, it's a shame he hasn't been Universal Champion or WWE Champion yet. Fully agree. Uh, but I do think 2020 is going to be the year of Drew McIntyre. You can only hope, man, because he's really floundered on the main roster since he's come from NXT. NXT was the rebirth of this Drew McIntyre, and I loved NXT Drew McIntyre. He was putting on so many good matches. So I fully agree with you on that second And his babyface, too. Yeah, well, uh, and that's where we're going to differentiate, actually, because when I get to him on my pick board, I will tell you why I think where he should be is where he should, why I think he should be a heel as well, a heel rather than a baby face. Oh, wait, hold on. So you're saying you can still pick Drew McIntyre? I guess I can't. So oh, I'm going to have okay. to look at Just someone sure. else now. Just I didn't know what sure the rules we're, were. on the same rules. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, my second pick was actually Daniel Bryan. Ooh, okay. I, I had him a little bit lower. I'll explain why after you uh, after you explain your reason for number two. Well, the reason I the reason is he's still super over with fans. You know, he may have done the whole eco-friendly thing and all that kind of stuff, but he still gets cheers. He still gets a lot of babyface reactions rather than the like screw you Daniel Bryan blah 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 and especially with what he did with Roman Reigns with the hug at Hell in a Cell he still people love him and to me he would be my first choice to go against Brock and I'll tell you why because the fact that he does have the legitimate MMA background with training with Randy Couture um and can Jiu-jitsu in in general, I would have him sort of have a hybrid of uh, wrestling and jiu-jitsu. That way you can always go to that jiu-jitsu background and be like, hey, jiu-jitsu is for the smaller guy. That's what it's built for. It's built on leverage and it's built on certain things. You accentuate that part and have him like not beat Brock, but make it look like, oh, no, he got him in a triangle. Oh, no, he got him in this and have him transition on the ground. Yeah, Brock's going to pick him up at one point and slam his ass. But at the same time, he's going to be a little bit more of a threat than um, a lot of guys because he has that legitimate grappling background. 
And that's why I wanted him as my baby face at number two. I do like that pick. Um, I'm actually going to explain why I would have had him a little bit lower a little later here. Um, when I explain his role on my show, um, or what his role on my show would have been, but yeah, you know, he had that Brock, he had that match with Brock Lesnar. Was it last year? Yeah. Last year at survivor series, um, off the charts, just good. I mean, Brock just, he does excellent work with little, uh, smaller guys. Um, Daniel Bryan, he's, he still has the fans, um, for the most part, uh, you know, the, the, the yes chance died down. But mm-hmm. he he knew when the right time to change, and you know what's going to happen? Those yes chants are going to come right back. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, th- they're going to yeah. come right back, or maybe something different for him. Um, you have a guy that loves professional wrestling with his entire soul. Um, Daniel Bryan, a little bit lower on my board, but I'd say great number two pick for you. Okay, who is your uh, number three? Number three, as I look at my board here, I'm very happy that you haven't picked. Uh, haven't picked this person yet. I'm going to go with my first woman. I'm going okay. with Charlotte Flair. Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a very good pick to to start off the women's division on your brand. For she sure. Is, she is my favorite women's wrestler out there right now. Um, outside of WWE, I'm not you know too, too knowledgeable about all the women wrestling going on. I do like to pay attention to what's going on with um, uh, Tessa Blanchard. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of of Charlotte. Um, everything about her just screams superstar, screams champion. She looks like an athlete. You believe her when she's in the ring. You believe her when she talks. From her entrance to the move she does, everything she does is just crisp and perfect. And that is the person I'm going to build my women's roster off of. Okay, I can understand that. My my third pick, you're gonna you're gonna go. Uh, you're probably gonna be surprised by my third pick, um, and that is number three overall, uh, Cedric Alexander. Wow, Cedric Alexander, and I'll tell you why. High flying, he looks great. He's athletic as shit, and he's young. He's young. You can build this kid with other guys on the roster to put him and elevate him into not world championship status, but at least in the intercontinental status and make him a great intercontinental champion. And I know the whole the joke going around the internet is we're gonna bring prestige back to the to the intercontinental championship. I see Cedric Alexander being one of the greatest uh, intercontinental champions you can ever have once he gets a little bit older into the WWE system. It's just I love that guy. I watched him on the Indies. I saw him at AIW. I love that man. And to I be honest a, with you, he's athletic as fuck, and that's gonna be his that's gonna be his big positive down the road is he's still super athletic and super young. So I do think Cedric Alexander is a good pick to have in the top twelve. Um I actually did not have him on my board. Um I did have him written down originally, but I did scratch him off the board and uh I have a friend who's actually uh very, very good friends with Cedric Alexander and whenever nice. he comes to town um, you know, gets her tickets and, you know, she's gone to Toledo and got to sit front row uh, at SmackDown and see him at uh, 205 That's afterwards. Dope. So, yeah. So he, he definitely seems like a, a, a really sweet human being. Um, but yeah. Wow. That that definitely took me by a surprise there. Um, I know. And I, I love Cedric. So it's one of those things when he got into WWE, I thought, oh, my God, we finally you get another athletic dude who can really throw down on what he does. And I respect Cedric enough to be like, I'm going to put you three. I'm not going to put you two or one, but 
but I'll put you at three because of the fact that you are that damn good as a professional wrestler and keep my interest the entire time. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you my number four pick. Absolutely. Picking and at number four. I think I got four. a steal here. Ooh, who you got? The OC. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can definitely you understand You don't just get the tag team. You also get AJ Styles there who's going to be uh, doing more things with title pictures, whether that be you know, the, the world heavyweight title or, you know, the IC slash U.S. title, whatever they want to go after. Um, you know, they could even probably bring up the free bird, the, the free bird rule eventually for them. Oh, yeah. Um, so I got the uh, I got the OC at number four. OK, my number four, because of the fact that you picked Drew McIntyre and he was my number four. So I'm scratching that one off. Uh, number four, uh, one of my favorites to, that I've ever seen live, and I've seen him only twice. One was at AIW uh, against a current uh, WWE Raw Tag Team Champion uh, is uh, none other than Tommy End himself, Aleister Black. I had Aleister Black on my board here too. Um, I'll give you the same reason uh, eventually. Um, He's just why so I had him in a. Yeah, yeah, that's you. That was a good pick there, man. Uh, definitely good so for the future. Good. Oh yeah, because you can build. He's a guy that I would build a heavyweight division around if I'm gonna have athletic guys in that as a possible chance. Him and Cedric together, I going for the WWE title. I would have him versus Cedric Alexander any day of the week because of the fact you're gonna get a really good athletic match, and Tommy's good enough, or Alistair is good enough. To get your set to get that match over rather than just be like, I'm gonna sit on my hands now and do nothing. You're gonna get a lot of people with eyes on a kind of match like that. So who's well, your who's your number five, my friend? Number five. Let me look at my board here who I have available. For number five, I'm going with Samoa Joe. I like it. I like it. I did not have him on my board at all. Didn't what? really think about it. And I'll tell uh, you'll see where I'm trying to build my the brand that I'm doing based on the fact that, yes, Samoa Joe, great guy. But I just what I'm trying to build is something way different than what you use Samoa Joe for. Because Samoa Joe is a world beater. He is a guy who will run through everyone on his way to the championship, at least in my opinion. And I want to kind of I like slow builds. So he's he's more of like a guy I would definitely I would I would trade for him or if the draft came up next year, I would pick him up, but I wouldn't take him in my top 12. Yeah, I got the reason why I have Samoa Joe is kind of the same reason why I have um, uh, Drew McIntyre is because right now I'm, I'm still looking at who are the people on my on my poster, who are my people on the marquee, who are the mm-hmm. people that are going to drive the business in right now um he's definitely going to be one of those heels that you're gonna um he's gonna have a program with roman reigns he's gonna have a program with uh aj styles because i got mm-hmm. AJ with the oc eventually when he breaks off and does uh his own singles run as a baby face and then eventually you can switch it around to where joe can be a baby face and some of the other guys can be heel um so yeah i got uh i got joe at number five okay my number five uh he hears voices in his head uh, and they counsel him, and they understand uh, none other than Randy Orton. And the reason I took Randy Orton is another name and a guy who's really good uh, and can give you an amazing effort at half the effort. And that's why I took Randy Orton. He can build those young guys 
because I the way I would book Randy Orton in my in my thing is he's one of the guys that you look and go that's the world that could be a starting out world champion besides Brock because he has the name he has the ability to actually put on a really amazing match he made Ali look good and at uh, Hell in a Cell and the thing with Randy Orton is yeah he's got anger issues yeah he's got a little bit of stuff with like Kofi and stupid stupid you messed up the ending but if you put him in a comfortable position where you just say look you're gonna be one of the guys who builds my younger guys I think he would understand that and he would still win but I would make sure that I book the young guys to lose gracefully rather than all of a sudden just outright beat him with an RKO out of nowhere Mm mm-hmm so that's that's my number five. That's a great pick. I mean, Randy Orton, in my opinion, when he's motivated, there is not a better end ring worker in the business today than Randy Agreed. Orton. Um, I've heard I've heard stuff about Randy where some people have actually said, "Dude, if you put an like a massive effort in, you could be the greatest of all time." From a lot of human beings and shoot interviews and stuff like that, he could have been if he would have really, really applied himself, he would have been one of the best of all time. Here's the thing. He's still he's still got some time on his clock. I know. I mean, he he's what fourteen time world heavyweight champion. Yeah, I know. Sixteen's within reach, man. Segment six, baby. Segment six. Yeah, he. uh, (laughs) You definitely got somebody there. Um, I had uh, Orton on my uh, on my board here. Um, Again, I'll explain uh, him uh, a little bit later when I think you'll see eventually what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm going to. Go ahead, and I'm going to pick. Hello. Oh, oh I'm here. here. I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Just trying to see what I wanted to do now, because you take an Orton. Uh, not that it messed too much with my board, but I'm just trying to be strategic here. I am going to pick the man. I guess like he, he's not the man of gravity. Forgot that's Neville. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick Ricochet. The, the one and pick- only. Who are you picking? Ricochet. Okay, I can understand that pick. I did, and actually, believe it or not, I did not. Eat, he wasn't even on my radar. Wow. And, and it's again because I've got a few other people here on mine that I think can really, if used properly, can be used better than Ricochet can. And explain why you picked Ricochet. Um, Ricochet's got that appeal. Um, you know, he, he might not be turning heads um, at the airport. You know, you could walk by him on the street, but when you see him in the ring, you're not taking your eyes off of the guy. Oh, God. Uh, no. he, he's got the million-dollar smile. He's got the in-ring work. Um, he needs a little bit of work on the promo still, um, but there's definitely a bright future for him, and uh, he's one of my big future spots that I'm looking okay. forward to. I can understand that, especially if you're booking for the future. And you really put some time into Ricochet, especially on his promos, because that promo uh, yesterday on Monday Night Raw was not good. Not completely his fault. I even like wanted to change the channel, obviously. Yeah, it was. uh, I I agree. That one was a little rough there. Um, He's so lucky. He's so damn good. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I've. I remember watching him in Dragon Gate years ago and being like, this kid's going to be a massive, massive star. It's just what organization's going to take him. And that's why I like Ricochet and I like what he does. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I really wouldn't take Ricochet 
on a draft board if I was actually drafting somebody. Um, my next pick will probably either bust your stuff or you'll go, oh, okay. And that is the man, Becky Lynch. You know what? I was waiting to see who you were going to pick for your, for your women. Um, mm-hmm. Becky was my number two. I, I will let you know that. Um, okay. And... I had a feeling you were going to take her for number two, but that's because I got a pretty good pick for my next one, but I'm going to let you get your reason for, for Becky Lynch there. She's over. I mean, that's the only real thing she, but she's got more, she's more over than her own boyfriend. And that's also another reason I'm going to be straight up right now and give away something big. I didn't pick Seth Rollins. I did not. I I have him on my board. I have him on my board. Um, he's a little bit lower. Um, 2019 has not been very kind to him since winning the Universal Championship. No. Um, you could not have won it in a better fashion. You could not have reclaimed it from Brock Lesnar better than Seth Rollins did. Um, but his program with Baron Corbin was just never ending. Yeah. yeah. And then it, you could tell that long. him and Becky Lynch, you know, that they're on camera chemistry. I, I, if I'm a betting man and I have, you know, I have no connection to either one of them, I have a feeling that maybe they weren't too comfortable putting that much personal stuff out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know either of them. Can't say, <laughs> can't say there's any report out there that, that says that, yeah. um, that I read, but it, yeah, it's it, not a good year for Seth Rollins. No. Uh, it hurt me to, to not have him in the, uh, um, in my top, <laughs> Um, 12, but I, I totally understand where you're, you're coming from. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't, right now, I would honestly take the belt off him and put a put a blonde streak in his hair and send him back to NXT, rehab him. In my opinion, he needs rehabbing. And if you're already doing it with Finn Balor, I would immediately send him to NXT. No offense to him, great performer, loved him as Tyler Black. But WWE just needs to rehab his image in front of people who will truly love him if he came back to Florida. Uh, I, and I, I wouldn't put him in NXT. I would just take him off for a little bit. I would go take away him for in, go away I for a, a couple NXT, months. Though. I would. I would book him in NXT for a couple months. Not like I'm not saying a year, but like two to three months, maybe. Have and don't do the burn it down or any of that kind of stuff. Just new Seth Rollins, new get new guy comes up in a couple months, and then he can be the Kingslayer again or whatever. But his image just needs to be rehabbed. It's it's really bad right now. So, yeah, he definitely uh, uh, will agree to disagree on you know what they should do about Florida or what. But you know, I I definitely think he needs a, a little bit of time away from. From the people, how are, how are you going to miss you if you don't leave? Agreed. So, you know, it it, it did wonders for Rey Mysterio after they yeah. they brought him back in that horrible fashion, um, oh, yeah. and then <laughs> proceeded to bury him immediately. But that's neither. <sighs> okay, so I am going to pick my next woman uh, woman here. Okay, and I think that this is going to be complimentary to Charlotte. Okay, Nia Jax. Okay. I can see it because I, see it. I, I love Nia as a heel. I mm-hmm. loved her even more as a baby face. She, she, she was so sympathetic. Um, the way how Alexa bliss was making fun of her for her weight and her size. Live your um, truth, queen live your that, truth. And, and, and 
the way how she won the belt at WrestleMania and, mm-hmm. and how she cried and hugged the Rock's mom and the hug the Rock's daughter and came out on Raw the next night and the whole you deserve it. Um, and then when she had to turn heel, she turned heel perfectly. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and Charlotte can turn baby face. You know, we've seen her mm-hmm. do both a million times so far. Um, so they can work, work a program where Charlotte's a heel, Nia Jax is a baby face. A year later, they can switch it around and it's brand new. Uh, yeah, and I fully agree with you on that because honestly, I think she is a very good monster for a female division. She's one, she's hot, and I'm gonna say that right off the bat. I know that uh, I I don't know what your preference is, but mine is women that look like Nia Jax because <laughs> I I like there's just an extreme beauty to her, even when she had that like weird like fro going on i still would have just oh naya if you're listening love you baby keep your shit together baby yeah but i can fully agree with you on naya jacks being in your women's division because especially with charlotte flair who can help get her over that way and that's actually a very good pick i'm picking my first tag team by the way for my number seven pick who you got uh i call them the glorious heels um, and nobody else does. I'm trying to get that hashtag going. Uh, The former raw uh, tag team champions, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. I'm taking those two to be my workhorses for my tag team championship to get new tag teams over, beat them, but make them look strong because I know both of those motherfuckers can make that happen. They made the Viking Raiders look amazing on Monday Night Raw. And by the way, real quick, I'm going to take this side note. Congratulations to my one of my greatest people I've ever met in my life, Ray Rowe. You deserve that WWE champion, that WWE championship around your fucking waist. You've worked hard for it. I remember when you came up through the Cleveland indie scene, and also when you were super nice to me at your brother's graduation party in North Olmsted. You were one of the nicest human beings I've ever met, and I am very proud of Let's you say, wasn't he out and of your fucking accomplishments. What isn't isn't uh, isn't he out of Pittsburgh? No, he's a Cleveland boy. Oh, is he? I thought he was out of Pittsburgh. No, no, no. Ray Rowe oh. grew up. Uh, he was originally known, I think, as Rowe, just R O W E. Um, and then he came in as, to his own once he got the tattoos and got all the stuff. Uh, that that made Ray Rowe who he is. And to see his development from 2005, I want to say, it was the first time I ever saw him with JT Lightning, hi, Hannah and Mike, um, and then building his way up, becoming the animal that he is today, being in, being in the wreck that he was in, hard to kill all day, Triple X for Ray Rowe, straight edge. I'm not straight edge, but Ray Rowe is a damn fine human being. And the cut to a, in the words of Buddy Rogers, to a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I'm so proud of him. And actually, I cried a little bit when I watched Raw this morning because I was just like, thank God he wins a title in the WWE. I always wanted to see him with a title in the World Wrestling, World Wrestling Federation or entertainment. It didn't matter. I I'm knew that guy was going to be amazing. I'm very happy to see that the Viking Raiders were able to overcome their really bad intro to the main roster as the Viking yeah. experience. As the uh, Viking experience? I just thought that that was going to be a death spell, but they overcame it. Uh, good for them. 
And the crowd reaction when they when they won made me happier than a pig and shit, dude. I was so fucking happy. So happy. Uh, but yes, like I said, uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler will be my would be my main tag team to start getting guys over um, and establishing a tag team division. I want to put those guys in because I know they can do the work to get it in. And that's why I wanted to start with them in my tag team division rather than other choices in the WWE. Yeah, I had um, I had them written down originally, but the only reason I would really want them is Bobby Roode. Um, okay. Sorry, Ziggler. Sorry, man. I just uh, it's been too long watching you lose every week that you're just not over anymore. I'm sorry. I'm aware, but we it, you can rehab him. You can rehab Dolph Ziggler because he's great at what he does. Yeah, he, he definitely is. Um, I think Jr. came out recently and said that it would, it's just terrible the way how WWE has handled a, a talent like Dolph Ziggler. And I'm sure Jim yeah. Cornette would agree too. Yeah. Um, and he's that's an what OBW when you're guy, that good. So absolutely. Yeah, that's that's just what happens when you're that good. Um, but hey, good pick. I I like it. Um, my Number eight pick. Okay. I'm looking towards the future here. Yes. I'm going with the best kept secret, Buddy Murphy. Oh, okay. Well, it looks like I have to take him off my board because uh, I had him on my list a little lower. I, I, I had to be honest with you. I was worried that you would have actually taken him a little bit higher. Um, not that I don't like Cedric Alexander. Um, the, the big reason why I, I had... Um, I put Cedric Alexander and Alistair Black in the same category as the future. Uh-huh. Uh, that is where I have Buddy Murphy. He is going to be my future project um, oh, yeah. to, to work on. Um, he is not going to be main eventing, main eventing WrestleMania this year or next year. Probably not the third year, but year number four, if he gets a lot of steam, look at him in the uh, in the Royal Rumble. He might have, uh, he might have some su- surprises for you guys. Oh, hell yeah. And especially he's so athletic and he has a personality on top of it. So that's a great fucking pick, man. That's an amazing pick because that's why I picked Buddy Murphy. He can cut a promo. He looks like a mean son of a bitch and he can wrestle and not just like do flippy stuff. He can actually do technical stuff. And that's why I picked him. So I, I, that's a great pick, sir. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. And then my eighth pick. You talk about building for the future. This is a pick that uh, this is my only, by the way, NXT call up that I am making right now because I see potential in her. Um, and also, she's just sexy as hell, and I like her a lot. Uh, the 5'8, 135 pound South Australian killer known as Rhea. Ripley good pick bringing Rhea Ripley up because she's the future of a a women's division she's savage she's a savage she's great in the ring I watched her match from uh, NXT this past Wednesday and was enthralled the entire time because she looks like a killer and to have that go up against Becky Lynch in say a year or two time when you build her up on the main roster, you need a woman who has the look and the personality of Araya Ripley in your in your women's division because she's gonna be a queen of that division in the next, I'm gonna say probably within the next four years. 
she's going to be your women's champion to build from there. So that's why I picked Rhea. Definitely a good pick. Definitely a good pick. I like it. I didn't have her on my board. Um, and I, I'll be honest with you right now. I'm kicking myself in the ass for not having her on the board. I don't know how I missed her. Um, well, I, I don't think I would change my, my two women's picks, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a great pick on your end, man. Oh, for sure. Because that, you that was just an oversight it. on my end. You can see it already in her that she's that puppy with big paws thing that Cornette talks about is she's going to grow into be, I mean, she's already calling out Shayna Baszler. She's a little bit over animated, but you can slow that down. You can get that out of the way and make her just a biker broad for that. Nobody wants to fuck with. And I think that's the kind of human being you need as a young up and coming female competitor in your female division. All right. Uh, Who's your number nine? Number nine. I am going to go with my NXT call up here. Okay. Um, and, at least one NXT call up because I'm I'm looking at my board. A couple things have shuffled around as I'm looking at it. Um, it's going to be a tag team. It's going to be a unit. Okay. It's going to be the undisputed era. Atta boy, I was waiting for it. I didn't pick them because at least I knew you were possibly going to take them, and yeah, I would have taken them. But I I wanted to acquiesce to you on that one because yeah. of the fact that they're good for what you are building for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Adam Cole's a star. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it, it's sad to see Roddy Strong is what they would call a good hand in the future. Um, yeah, but he he would definitely have uh, some good programs at first. Then uh, Fish and O'Reilly. I mean, you got them for the tag division as well. Oh hell uh, yeah! You definitely got a, a good unit there. Um, I could see them doing great stuff with the OC because we know the OC can turn babyface too. Um, I'm yeah, going cut out for a there. Sec. What'd you say on that one? Um, I, you know, yeah, the OC yeah. can go babyface. Um, so they yeah. need someone to work with. Um, you got two undersized guys. Um, going against uh, going against uh, uh, Doc Gallows, but don't care. You're gonna see some great wrestling. Well, I mean, Kyle. Here's the thing about what you just said with two undersized guys. Again, both guys have MMA backgrounds. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And I've seen Kyle O'Reilly and worked technically with Kyle O'Reilly. I didn't wrestle him. But I was doing interviews and stuff like that on a show that he was on here in Cleveland. And the fact that I watched his the ability he has to strike and everything, he would be able to take any guy in the WWE. And I think he, he would have his issues with Luke Gallows, but I think he could definitely take out the knee, do that kind of focus on that kind of stuff because he's really good at build or working that body part as well and breaking it down via kicks or submissions or, you know, stretches and stuff like that. So that's a great pick. The undisputed era would definitely be somebody to build for that moment for sure. Uh, My number nine, even though he was a D to me at an AIW show, uh, but I can understand uh, because I was just a drunk a-hole at the time. Uh, I'm taking another guy who can help build young talent and that is KO, Kevin Owens. I'm taking Kevin uh, Owens at nine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I had Kevin as my number 12 pick. Oh, okay. Okay. I, 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 I told myself that if he wasn't going to go, he was going to be my very last pick. Um, he would have been the same reason why I would have picked uh, Daniel Bryan or Randy Orton. He would have been a playmaker. Yes. You know, one of those guys that, you know, you're not going to build the entire brand around, but nope. if you 
championship on somebody for a few months, even half a year. You got your guys in Kevin Owen, Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan. Fantastic Great promo. Pick. He can make you care. He can make you hate you, or he can make you love you and or love him. And that's why I like Kevin Owens because that way, like you just said, he can be a champ. He can be a transitional champion or a six month champion to have some feuds with some other people outside of that brand or inside of the brand where he can be like, screw this. I'm taking what's mine. And that's why I like Kevin Owens. And I even saw that back in the day in ROH because of the fact that he was so goddamn good at cutting promos and he can, he can go. And for a big dude, he's got a gas tank and it's, uh, that's the kind of guy I want as a possible, you know, in between champion is a Kevin Owens. Who's your, uh, who's your number 10, my friend. Number 10. He just made his surprise return to NXT two weeks ago. Okay. From almost career-ending surgery. Okay. I, I don't think there's anybody better in NXT than Tommaso Ciampa. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I that's I'm kind of mad. I didn't even think about that. To be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't think about Tommaso just because of injuries. It's the only reason I because I want to play safe. I'm a guy who likes to play safe in that aspect. Tommaso is a great worker. I love your pick on that. And explain to me why. So, not just his in-ring ability, not just his look. Um, you know, he, he's a little bit shorter in stature, but when he gets in the ring, you believe what he does. Yep. Um, I love the I love his body language, the way he yes. stares down his opponents, the way how he came back and he did not take his eyes off the NXT championship, the way yeah. when he's champion, how he holds it, how he he crosses, you know, he crosses his arms to make sure it's close to his chest, how that's the most important thing to him. Mm hmm. When he was on Twitter and and they you know he was the NXT champion but he wasn't in the WWE video game and everyone yeah. was like this is a tragedy and he had the perfect response saying there's a reason I'm NXT champion I don't lose in real life and I'm certainly not going to lose in your little fantasy world um, I I love Tommaso Ciampa um, he he's got between him and Johnny Gargano I, I give the edge to him um, okay I, I I'm yeah. a bigger fan of of Ciampa. Uh, I, I just got to say, I, I'm, I, uh, sky's the limit with him. Oh, you know, hell if he yeah. can stay that healthy, guy... if he can stay healthy, sky's the limit. Um, I'm, I'm going along the lines here of he's going to be healthy. And if he gets hurt, he's one of those freaking natures who comes back. Oh, absolutely. You're going to be, and that's the thing about Tommaso. You mentioned body language. He is one of the best sellers in professional wrestling today. I would people want to talk about Kenny Kenny Omega selling or Young Bucks or Cody. I'll put Tommaso Ciampa up against all three of those guys, and you tell me, or all four of those guys, and you tell me who's the better seller. I'm definitely picking Tommaso Ciampa because he is the epitome of a guy you want to spit a spit a wad of gum at because he is so good you're getting pissed off while you're watching him. So I like that pick a lot. I didn't think about Tommaso just based on the injuries, but I like where you're going with that. My my 10th pick was going to be Buddy Murphy. I'm just going to say that right off the bat. My 10th <laughs> pick was going to be Buddy Murphy. But I thought about this while you were explaining Buddy Murphy to me, and this is more of a heart pick. To be honest, I'm picking with my heart instead of my brain here, but I have evidence for this. 
because, and we just mentioned Johnny Gargano a few seconds ago. This gentleman had an amazing open the dra- open the Freedom Gate uh, championship match against um, Johnny Gargano in Michigan that I actually attended and was a cameraman on, and I was enthralled the entire time. And that is none other than Akira Tozawa. Wow. And I'll tell you why. He is athletic as shit. You put a manager with him, not like a Japanese manager, but an actual American-speaking manager, and you dye his hair blonde again. You put him in the Mad Blanky um, gimmick that he had with the leather and all of that, let him build his body back up because he's sort of crossfitty. I don't like the CrossFit Akira Tozawa. I'm not going to lie. But if you got jacked up Akira Tozawa again, nobody can take that man when it comes to professional wrestling. That man is amazing at what he does. And at any size, he looks like a Kevin Sullivan where he's small, but he's going to come at you like a ball of fire and he's going to make you hurt. And that's why I like Akira Tozawa because he is just, I've seen him twice, AIW and also Dragon Gate. And to me, that's a guy who's right now completely underrated based on the fact that one, he went, he got, he thinned down for the 205 live. I don't like him at cruiserweight, at least make him again in the, or the intercontinental scene, give him the belt to And even Christ have him and just have a Japanese thing with Shinsuke Nakamura and a few other Japanese guys, I think you would have an amazing faction with an American voice as their manager. So Akira Tozawa to me, if you did everything that he did in Dragon Gate, you've got a winner, in my opinion. Because it's, I love Akira, and he's such a great professional wrestler that I would rather have him on my roster than a lot of guys. So just based on what I've seen live, I'd, I would take him over anybody. All right. That's a good uh, – you offer some good reasoning there. Yeah. All right. My number, number 11. Number 11. Somebody who I did not see myself taking if this would have been six months ago or even earlier this year. Um, but the king of the ring tournament really turned me around on him. Um, I hope he doesn't have to He doesn't have to keep this stupid king gimmick um, oh, because boy. I think he's on fire now. Oh, I am going not with King Corbin – but with Baron Corbin. Okay. That was, that was actually my number 12, believe it or not. So we're great minds. Think alike, my friend explain. I got him as the playmaker kind of guy. Um, and part of the future as well. Um, he definitely, there's something there when you look at him, you know, it's unfortunate that he got stuck with that constable gimmick. And then he got stuck with that stupid, um, uh, acting raw general manager gimmick. Yeah. Um, this, the horrible outfit he was forced to wear that entire time. Um, and it, it really all started from when he lost the money in the bank, the Jinder Mahal. Um, yeah. it, it was a slow downfall from there that just kept kind of rolling and rolling and rolling. And that was really sad to see because when they brought him up, you knew he wasn't quite ready, but they were, uh, he was working with Cena. He was working with a couple other top guys and you're like, you know what? There's something definitely in this guy. Um, you knew there was something in him in NXT when the fans were counting along to how long his matches were. Oh uh, yeah. But these past, you know, this past month or so, he, he's definitely shown that there's something there. Um, you have a potential top heel with him, but you do have a playmaker right now with him. 
And I agree with you. And when I first saw Baron Corbin on NXT when he was first coming up, and then he won the Andre the Giant, I looked at my ex-girlfriend, because I was actually at her house, because uh, it was the night uh, Taker lost to Brock. Um, and, and I looked at her, and I looked at my buddy John. Hi, John. We're going to talk about you in a second. Uh, um, but because actually Baron Corbin, we have this running gag where because he wear he used to wear slacks, we'd be like, we have the Vincent Mann voice was like, you're going to wear slacks <laughs> and a dress vest. That's what we're going to put you in. Yeah. Um, that is a great pick because when he won the Andre the Giant, I'm like, that's your next world champion. That's your next world champion. If you, you know, do what you got to do with him, he could be a monster outside of the Baron or the King Corbin gimmick. I, you know, he has that moment. He has those moments of just pure dickishness that I love so much about that guy. I'm going to say this much, even though he's showing he's improving on the mic, Mm -hmm. give him a mouthpiece. I, I'm going to say, give him Paul Ellering. Uh, Okay. I I wouldn't give him, I would, man, I don't know about Paul. I don't know about, I don't know about Ellering. I, I mean, I could definitely see um, him doing like a Hercules Hernandez thing if he gets the gets rid of the the wife beater and have him with uh, I would book him with a guy like Cornette or even or Heyman because he's big enough and Heyman works well because he's a small guy with a big mouth speaking for big guys. And well, I don't know if you uh, you listened to Cornette recently when Meltzer said uh, what they should do is have Cornette be the manager for Kane Vasquez. Vasquez, uh, yeah, yeah, Velasquez, yeah. Sorry, that it's getting late here, guys. Um, oh, it's fine. And uh, um, his co-host asked him, he's like, what do you think about that, Jim? And Jim's response is, well, are they going to have the match in Louisville? I know. Are they going <laughs> to have it in Louisville? God damn it. I don't want to leave. Uh, but And that was the funny part was the week before that, he even talked about, like, it was uh, Joe LaDuke, Lumberjack Joe LaDuke was the guy that he would have came back into wrestling if it would have been against Brock Lesnar. Yep. And that's a perfect pick for for Cornette, is especially Lumberjack Joe LaDuke, who took a blood oath on live television. I That's the kind of guy that Corny could work with hard. And the fact that Cain Velasquez, yeah, I could see him being like, this is one of the greatest UFC heavyweights of all time. Nobody can beat him. My mother bought his contract. Like I could see him just being a ever loving prick over it. And I, I, that's a good pick. Definitely Baron Corbin. My, my number 10, my number 11 is, uh, my last tag team. Uh, and it is, uh, the current raw tag team champions, the Viking Raiders. And because I like both of them and Ray Rowe knows how to sell his ass off. Uh, Ivar knows how to really, he's an athletic guy. Keep him as the Viking Raiders. We're perfect. You have a, you have a great tag team gimmick right there. And I, to be honest with you, I would be, I'd, I'd be honored to book Ray and Ray and I, or Eric and Ivar, to be honest, because those guys I know can really put in a solid tag team match and be a great tag team against like the likes of the OC Carl Anderson and Lou Gallows or any other tag team that you put them against that I would give them a mouthpiece more than anything, but I would also have that guy. I would change Eric's name and give a new guy, Eric, the red or something like that as their manager. That's how I would have booked them in this organization was have like an, uh, an Odin 
kind of or like Odin, whatever you want to call the guy, and have him be the mouthpiece for the Viking Raiders. So. That's a great pick, man. Very good. <clears throat> All right, no, who's no, your no. who's your Mister Irrelevant or Mrs. Irrelevant on this lovely pod or this lovely draft that we're doing? So after the draft, I'm going to tell you who I would fight for um, if this went to uh, um, free agent signing. Okay, uh, which you know. We can't, neither of us can claim these people, um, but mm-hmm. this is who I would say I would go after first. But the reason why I would go after Bray Wyatt and free agency signing instead of pay, taking him at number 12 is because I would keep him as a special attraction only. Yes. yes. Um, I love the character they're doing now. I w- you know what I would do if I, mm-hmm. if I had him? Even if it wasn't pushing any stories along, just occasionally taking him out, not telling anyone we're taking him out. Do a yeah. backstage segment where, you know, sh- shit, Vince showed up at the arena. Oh, my God, what's Mr. McMahon going to do here? And as soon as he gets the gorilla, all of a sudden the lights go out and there's he's got the mandible claw on him. No reason, nothing explained. Show something at um, Titan Towers. You know, Triple H is going in the office. Mandible claw, no reason, no explain. He's just around causing chaos, keeping people in fear. Um, but that's the only reason I'm not taking him number 12. Okay. My number 12 is the monster among men, Braun Strowman. Okay. Yes. I like the, I like that pick for a last pick because that's, I'm going to hear, I'm going to give you the floor to explain that and then we'll discuss more. Um, not only does he turn heads in airports, not only does he, he do all the fun things. I just feel like he's too good to pass up. It's kind of like the Tom Brady pick where Tom Brady went in the sixth round. It's like, all right, this guy fell way too far for us to turn around to, to not pick him up now. Oh yeah. And I fully agree with you on that. That's the kind of guy you want to sooner or later, at least make you make your top guy. Cause he's big enough. He can't talk, but cause I, I don't like his promos, but he's, he can, for a big man, he can, he's fast and he's the perfect amount of violence for any roster on any on any company. So I I like that. Do you know who my number twelve was? Tell me. Well, my number twelve was originally was Baron Corbin, uh, but now, and I'm gonna say this as a pre fit as a as like a pre thing to it. Take away the cuckold angle. Take away Rusev. Take away Lana. Take away all of that shit. Bobby Lashley is my number 12. Great pick. Bobby Lashley, former college wrestler out of Denver, Colorado. Big motherfucker. He looks like you just said with the turning heads. He's impressive looking and he's powerful. So you could put him against a Braun Strowman. And when you can sort of sell the fact that he's trying to pick him up, but Braun just keeps bringing him down. But when he picks that guy up, the place will lose their shit. If you erase everything that the WWE has been doing the last, what, three weeks now with with him and Lana and Rusev, get rid of that. It's over. We're not even doing that anymore. We're treating him like a legitimate athlete who came into professional wrestling because he knew he could take any man on the planet, and also he's a former Bellator fighter. So I got to I got to interrupt you with something totally irrelevant here. Yes, to, to step back. So I just saw that you know the the story Eric Bischoff as executive director of um, Friday Night SmackDown, or you know Bruce Pritchard replaces Eric Bischoff. Yes. 
So the first person commented, once again, for the sixth time today, he was never brought on as a director. That was what the dirt sheets rumored. He was the liaison between WWE and Fox. Yes. So I don't, I don't know that to be truth. The comment of the day. Oh, boy. Do you think they let him know via FedEx? Ah. <laughs> I, I was looking up something um, for, for one of my free agents here. I, I just, I, while I was listening, and that I just stumbled across that, and that was too good to not bring up. That's, yeah. I actually just recently, somebody posted on uh, a Facebook group I'm with of uh, Stone or uh, Steve Austin, ECW. Welcome to Monday Night Quill, where the big boys play with each other. Yeah. It's one of my favorite ECW <laughs> promos of all time. Because he's just like, Bobby Heenan's not showing up, so I'm going to fi- have my secretary fire him on the phone tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so, okay, you're free agents, and I'm going to pick a few of mine as well. Um, and a few, a couple of them are going to be a little bit um, more enhancement talent for me. But uh, one guy on the free agents that I didn't pick, but it, I'll give an explanation. Uh, but who are your free agents? All right. So I got one, two, three, four, five, six that I would fight for um, right away. Okay. Um, first one being Bray Wyatt for reason I explained. Absolutely. Um, the tag team free agent I would go for is the Usos. Because I believe that, in all honesty, they are the best tag team in the world. I can. I'll dis. I'll agree to disagree with you on that. Um, uh, I. I. I have such a ball watching them. I. I love their promos when they talk, not over each other, but they. They complete each other's sentences. Um, plus, I. I love when they ditch the paint. So I. I love the Usos. I, yeah. I would try to make them a big part of the tag team division, for the women, and uh-huh. this is for the future, but not necessarily her future. Natalia. Okay. I yeah, would have to tell so... you be kind of the kind of the Jake the Snake Robert role, you know, when you get yeah. the women in that you that you're grooming for, you know, whoever else I pick on the roster in the future, whether that be Bailey or Sasha or whoever. Yes. Um, Natalia being the uh, or, or, you know, Alexa Bliss or whoever kind of being the person to get them ready to get them to the next spot. Um, I don't remember the match off the top of my head. I remember it was like a year ago. It was a women's tag team match. Um, it was Bailey, Natalia, uh, Alexa Bliss. I forgot who else. I think it was Alexa Bliss. Um, but there were a lot of botches. It was getting really sloppy. It was hard to watch. Then when Natalia stepped in, you really felt that veteran presence. She slowed the match down, and they were actually able to get on pace. Um, my comeback story. Okay. EC3. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll fight over that one, sir, because that's one of my free agents as well. Yeah, we would we would definitely have to fight over him. I I think that um, unfortunately there's not a lot that they're doing with him right now. That's that's no. good. Um, that it's it's kind of tragic, unfortunately. Um, but if they can make Jinder Mahal a star or, or attempt to make Jinder Mahal a star and try to get him believable, they can certainly make EC3 believable and make him a star. Here, um, here's why I agree with you, but I'll give you a different angle on it um, for EC3. Again, another local guy. He's actually, I believe, from Willoughby. I think so. Um, and I, I actually, I can confirm this. My one of my closest friends over years and years and years and years uh, used to do backyard wrestling with him because really? they went to high school together. Yes. Um, and to me, uh, there is there's not a better heel on that roster when it comes to. 
almost, and I, I'm going to use an AEW name here, but almost MJF level, then Michael Hutter, EC3, the Deviant, whatever you know him as, Michael Hunter makes you hate him. He makes you love you, or you can love him, but he works better as just an arrogant prick heel. And that would be a guy I would build a heel champion out of that you can take into five years from now because he can talk. His promos in TNA were amazing. And to be honest with you, it's a shame that he got won the Michael Bateman treatment the first time around, and now they're still treating him like dog shit in WWE. So that's All a great because he couldn't great get free them agent. to boo Dean Ambrose. Ah, screw him. Yeah. It, it's, you have no idea. That guy, I, 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 I won't name names or do anything, but I watched him yell at a promoter at a roller rink, okay? I watched him get pissed, interrupt the whole show, and I hated him from that point on. Then I got to know him. Really great guy. So, I, I that's a great pick. And uh, uh, my other free agents, uh, Matt Riddle and Elias. Okay, yeah, I was gonna pick a lot. I was gonna go with Elias as well. So that's that's a good one. Matt Riddle, I'd keep on in NXT. For a little bit longer I think he needs some seasoning um, My other My free agents That I have um, My comeback story Would be Eric Young Okay uh, Reason being EY I love the guy He's a great wrestler And I think he's come into his own uh, As a professional wrestler And actually gotten a good personality Outside of You know Falling down for his pyro In mid 2000s You know Impact wrestling uh, And you could do something with him again with a Cedric Alexander or, you know, an Akira Tozawa to make those guys legit stars because EY is cutting promos and being all crazy as hell and making himself known as a presence in WWE as a as an actual legitimate star. Because I think Eric Young has really become an, a legitimate star outside or especially in Sanity. When he was when sanity was a thing, I, I that was some of the best group uh, group wrestling I've seen in a long time for those guys. Plus, the gimmicks worked so well uh, outside of uh, who's the uh, the is it Wolf? Yeah, that's now with. Uh, uh, yes, he he's with uh, Walter right now, right? Um, I, I think so. Um did, did you notice something about um, uh, his Alexander Wolf's gimmicks in WWE in NXT? What's uh, that? That if you look at his pants, they are the fiends. Because really? he would wear striped red and black with pockets. I in, did not notice. Yeah, insanity. Oh, that's that's where it was. So, and the thing with that is, I like EY. But we're also going to go to uh, I'm going to go back to NXT for another call up for a free agent. Um, and that is the Austrian giant uh, Walter. I would bring up Walter. Kind of embarrassed. I didn't think about that because of the fact um, he is so good at not really. He's good. He's good. Getting better at cutting promos. Um, but um I think honestly, you put a mouthpiece on him, 
or you keep that promo that or that group that he has right now um, with him. You've got to you've got stars that can be made throughout the years because Walter is connected with them and they elevate. They are they're elevated because of Walter himself. So, I mean, especially Walter, who came from WXW in Germany as one of their biggest draws. The guy is amazing. And I think he should be get a little bit more respect than what he's getting in WWE. He's I understand NXT UK champion, but once he holds that NXT gold, where are you going to go with him on the main roster? Mm-hmm. And that's my one big question, but I want to see what the kid can do. So, and those are my pretty much those are my only three free agents that I really want to build is those is EC3, Eric Young, and Walter because. Eric Young can work with both of those guys and elevate them just based on his name and his matches and go from there. So, and that, and I mean, we had a great draft, my friend. That was a very good time. I liked yep. that a lot. That was fun. Can't wait um, to do it next year. Oh, absolutely. My only, and we're going to end on this because I'm going to close off on, on this um, podcast, just asking you, about the final segment on Raw, Bray Wyatt versus or Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins. What did you think about that? Didn't like it. I, I hate the fact that they've established it as a real place. Should not be a real place. And also I, for yeah. and why is it that like, Orton did it and so did um, uh, Seth Rollins? Arson apparently is a thing now in the WWE that we're okay with as long as it's an imaginary place or a fictitious place. And I don't think there's room for that, especially with this. It's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where they go with this. So is the fiend going to talk more and say, you took away my home? What is it? What's going to be there, man? Like, what do you think that, what, what do you think WWE's plans are for this? Since they didn't have one for hell in a cell, and now they're totally just, uh, no pun intended, scorching Earth with the Firefly Funhouse. I don't see any true closure to this. I mean, it's no. been, that's the problem is that when you have so many things that go messy, mm-hmm. it's hard to say, okay, well, this is the reason why it's all tied together. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it sucked because there's two big stories that that's happened in WWE where in all honesty, the TV's gotten better, mm-hmm. but when you kind of fumble the Roman who's trying to kill Roman reigns and yeah. then you fumble the, the Bray Wyatt, Seth, I mean, those are arguably your two biggest angles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how do you, how do you fumble both of those? It, they, they found some way to do it, my friend. And I, I'm, I'm very disappointed because I wanted this to be, and for God's sakes, if you listen to Let Me In by uh, Code Orange, at the end of the song, it says it's all in his head. Mm-hmm. So you've already kind of buried the lead on this and just been like, screw it, pal. We're going to have we're just going to book a studio. What? This isn't a kid's show. This is a dollhouse uh, Bray Wyatt is putting shit in. That's what it looked like to me and was actually a good idea going into it. But now you've got this thing where, oh, apparently the, the it's a real place. Why? Why is this a real place and it can't just be in his head? And Bray, and what are you saying? Seth Rollins is in the fiend's head? That's well, how, bullshit. How does Bray Wyatt 
respond to anything other than murder at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I fu- <laughs> and that's why I think they're actually going to screw the pooch here and give Bray Wyatt the universal title. I think they're going to fuck up royally at Royal, at Crown at Crown Jewel. No pun intended. I think this they're going to give him the belt and then not and then possibly have a trade where the fiend goes to Raw. And if they do that, it's pretty much over. It sucks. It really does cuz I don't want that. I want I, I, I why? And I want him to take on Brock for the heavyweight title. I don't want him to be universal champion. He's or on SmackDown. Take him off TV for a month let Rollins lose the title to somebody because the fiend interjected yes okay and then mm-hmm. have um I don't know god just have one of them in the rumble and then that's where the other one can make a return or something and then you yeah. can build towards an actual mania match where you can have a, a clear decisive winner yeah I fully agree with you my friend it's just it's weird how WWE just Always just decides to put that Smith and Weston to their freaking foot and pull the trigger every single time since what 2007. They always find a way to shoot themselves in the foot a lot of times on angles that are really hot, book themselves into a corner, and the next thing you know, oh, well, this happened. Oh, okay, well, we're done now. Have a good time. <sighs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the lovely Side Angle podcast. Uh, Dan, tell them your social media and uh, it, where your upcoming shows are going to be. Um, I am at the Funny Stop Comedy Club this weekend, Friday and Saturday. I am. Uh, I pull. Uh, Pete gave me an MC weekend. Um, oh, very nice. Yeah, I, I forgot who's headlining because the dude from Breaking Bad, I think, canceled. Joel Lindley. Joe yeah. Lindley from Rochester, New York. Very cool yeah. guy. I'm probably going to stop up and see him. Cool. And um, Jay Bach is a middling. Good. Uh, very mm-hmm. good. Very happy. I'm very happy to, to be working with Jay again. I haven't seen him in about two years. Um, you can catch my things on uh, danbrowncomedy.com, um, Twitter and Instagram, at xdanbrown. I think uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash danbrowncomedy. Uh, more information is going to be coming in about the uh, second issue of Dan Brown and Heyman Save Christmas. Looking forward uh, to that. What's that? I said, looking forward to that. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I uh, so that should be coming out soon, and then uh, issue number three should come out in the new year, and then from there, we'll um, I'll reevaluate everything, look at the books, and decide um, what the next story is going to be. Uh, nice. What about you? Uh, I am actually going to be in Mansfield tomorrow, Wednesday, for at uh, Costas. Um, if you're in the Mansfield area and listening to this, the show is, I believe, eight o'clock uh, doors. If not, the show starts at eight. Uh, and uh, then I will be at the Greek Social Club for the Cleveland Comedy Club. Uh, that is just look up Greek Social Club Cleveland and you'll see where that's at. Um, and then I believe my next show is going to be East End Bistro on the 7th of November. And I am working on another Great Lakes Brewing, uh, company date as well. And anything else you can go to my Instagram and social medias, which is just at Ray Highclack, H-Y-C as in Charlie, L-A-K. For Dan Brown, I'm Ray Highclack. We will see you next week. 
on the Side Angle Wrestling Podcast. Thank you very much for listening and have a great night, you guys. Bye, everyone.